What's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome to the Mitch Davis Show, AAC Championship Preview Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Davis. You can follow me on Twitter, Mitch Davis underscore eight. Like the Facebook page at the Mitch Davis Show. Shoot us an email at the Mitch Davis Show at AOL.com or find the podcast wherever you like to listen to your podcast by simply typing in the Mitch Davis Show. On today's podcast, we're going to be joined by two very, very, very special guests. The first one from BearcatReport.com, Mr. Jason Stamm is going to join us. And then lastly, a former Memphis Tiger football player, defensive coordinator at Brighton High School, Chris Jordan, will join the podcast to talk about the Tiger side of things, preview the matchup. Both of these guys are talking about the Bearcats and the Tigers for the American Athletic Championship on December 7th on that Saturday at 2.30 from the Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium. But before we get into those two great interviews, all of our shows are brought to you by Eswell Wilson on the historic Arlington Depot Square. For all your Memphis gear, for all your Tennessee needs, for all your SEC wants and your outdoor needs as well, Swing by Eswell Wilson and tell them that Mitch Davis sent you, and they'll hook you right up. they got some of the best Memphis Tiger gear in all of Memphis. Some of the stuff is just special to them. So be sure you swing by Eswell Wilson on the historic Arlington Depot Square. Without further ado, I want to welcome our two guests. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, MitchDavis underscore 8, and at TigerSportsReport.com for all of our content regarding the Saturday's AAC Championship game between the Memphis Tigers and the Cincinnati Bearcats. I am joined now by Jason Stamm of Bearcat Report. Is that right? Yeah, Bearcat Report. How are you doing, Mr. Jason? I'm good, Mitch. Thanks for having me, man. Oh, no problem. Big week. Cincinnati-Memphis for the second time in basically a week for the conference championship again. Uh, let's talk about that. You, you were, we were talking before we got on air how you know maybe this is not the exact way how we decided this thing because Memphis won outright last week. Now they got to come back out and play Cincinnati again. Let's do your quick takeaways from the American Athletic Championship game just right off the bat. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just one of those. I, I don't agree with the conference championships, and, and I'll be honest. I, I, I'm, I'm a huge Dan Wetzel fan. He wrote a column this week that I think is. Basically, my thoughts to a T as well. Um, and just it's it's just um, I don't know. It's got to be kind of I wouldn't say pointless, but pretty darn close to it. I mean, you know, outside of Georgia LSU this weekend, I mean, these games really don't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. I mean, they're not really going to change old standing in a lot of these games, and uh, especially when when you look at you know a game like this. And I'm I know this is coming from somebody who again I'm not a Cincinnati. Uh, fan, I'm not an alum. I, I cover the team, I cover the site, um, but my own personal, honest opinion, I just, I, I feel like last week was kind of the de facto championship. I mean, to ask somebody, if a team, in this case Memphis, I would say the same thing to Cincinnati won last week, but to ask a team to uh, win two games in a row like this, to just to have a shot, just to get in the group of five, um, that spot is just ridiculous. And I think it's uncalled for, and I. I don't know. It's, it's a lot. I know there's tons of money involved, and there's a lot of. It's the same thing with the playoff system. Like, I, why we don't expand it to eight teams already? I, I can't figure out. Um, it just it, it it makes no sense. And to force the bowl tie-ins to these to the playoffs is that's been the compromise so far. But 
at, uh, I mean, there's no other sport that has this kind of um, imbalance, I guess, like this through because of the forced systems and the forced nature. And, um, you know, there's just so much money involved and those who have the power just don't want to give it up. And that, that's the case in a lot of aspects of, of life. You know, those in power just don't want to give it up. And, and we're seeing it again. This is another example of it with championship games and the, the playoffs. And, and we can go on and on, Mitch, about that. But um, it's a roundabout way of saying, yeah, I'm, for me, I, I think Memphis probably just should have been Given the championship last week, they earned it with that win. That was a, a really good game. And um, again, I just I think it's unfair to ask them or anybody who's in an equal in a similar situation to have to win two games back to back against the same team. You know, and, and this is the next question I have for you: If Memphis does lose this game to Cincinnati, do they deserve that Cotton Bowl, or would you move the Bearcats in there, or would you even move Boise State with the win over Hawaii? Or, like you said, did Memphis deserve that with the win last week over Cincinnati? Yeah, I mean, again, because to me, like I said, in a perfect world, I think we, we would already know who is where because we wouldn't have a championship game. We could say, yes, Memphis is that top team. Because of the, term, the current system the way it is, it's not that clear cut. Um, so, uh, yeah, to me, a lot of it is going to ride on Boise and how they look against Hawaii. If they win... Let's say Boise wins twenty to seventeen. They don't look good. Um, even if if Memphis loses, let's say we're in the, we've got a game in the forties, um, I can see Memphis still getting that spot. It's it's so subjective. Like you know, I I guess the system is a little better than the BCS. You know, we do have four teams, but it's still just subjective. It's with this one group of guys who determine um, basically everything in this because it's you know after the um, the group of five games and the playoff, then it's also the pecking order that uh, from there, the bull pecking order that, that determines who plays where and in what game. So these guys really have all the control. They have all the power in their hands. Um, so I don't know. It's hard to say what they're going to think, but you know, so much, so much of it is on perception. Uh, I mean, I thought for a while that Cincinnati should be, should have been ranked higher. Than, I mean, they stayed at like 17, 18 for like five weeks in a row. They won. They did what they were supposed to do. They just they weren't blowing teams out. I think they had one blowout win um, over Connecticut, which, you know, that's kind of like the weak punching bag. It wasn't blowing out Connecticut. Uh, but outside of that, they were winning, but they were close games. But, you know, the good teams always have luck. You're not going to blow out every team, every game. You're going to have to have those games where, you know, you're going to need some luck. And Cincinnati had that this year. They had those clutch plays. They had those clutch kicks at the end of, you know, a couple of game-winning field goals there late. Um, they do what they need to do, and it's like they got punished for not blowing out their opponent. So, uh, yeah, again, maybe the same thing can be said for Memphis. Uh, I'm more, you know, obviously, I've been following Cincinnati all year. Um, so, I don't know. The whole thing is just, it's so subjective, and it's very hard to see how the committee is going to see it exactly. So, um I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. I, even that's the thing. Even after Memphis wins, I, I don't know if it's a done deal because we don't know if, let's say, Boise blows out Hawaii 50-3. Does that mean Boise gets that spot? I don't know. I mean, it's so subjective and it's just not clear-cut, and that's, that's really unfortunate. Let's talk, let's talk a little bit about the game. Let's talk about the Cincinnati offense. Let, let's. What are some players to watch out for? They looked good last week against Memphis. I mean, they had some big plays. They've looked good all year. Let's talk about the Cincinnati offense before we get into that scoring defense of Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, I think the 
Yeah, I mean, this this offense begins and ends with Michael Warren. He is the absolute key. Um, we're talking about a guy who's not big. I think he's about 5'10". I mean, he's not, he's not six foot, so he's, he's, a, he's a shorter back, but not a smaller back. He's a big guy. Um, he's got great, uh, a balance, to me, a great balance of speed, um, you know, the patience of waiting for those holes to open up. He hits them hard. Um, you know, he, he, can, he doesn't shy away from contact, so uh, plays like a bigger back. Uh, and his acceleration on open field is really, really impressive. So uh, he's the guy to watch. Uh, but I will say, you know, when we're looking at, you're talking about differences, you know, they just played each other last week. Um, of course, Cincinnati, I, I don't know if this was planned. You know, they're, they're saying it wasn't planned, that Desmond Ritter just couldn't go. Um, but that was it was a surprise that uh, Ben Bryant got the start over Desmond Ritter in that game last week. Um, you know, I asked Fickle this week, was there a chance? could see Ben Bryant again, and he basically kind of, you know, almost laughed at the question that, no, Desmond Ritter's the guy. So, Ritter is going to be the quarterback. He's, again, I, I was surprised that he didn't start last week. Um, but that could give a little bit of different look for Cincinnati than what we saw last week. Ritter, when he's on top of his game, he's, you know, arguably the best quarterback in the American. When he's off... He can be. He can have some really bad games. He's had a couple last year and this year. Now, last year, I go back to Temple and UCF. Those were terrible games that he had. Um, but you know, it's just that eighty percent, eighty-five percent of the time, he's consistent. And you know what you're going to get. It's another fifteen percent where he's going to really have some bad games. So um, he could be the difference maker this week for Cincinnati. I mean, he's really on point. He gets in good rhythm. Um, you get the running game going with Orange. I think that opens things up for him. Ritter, uh, and we can really see a very explosive offense. We've seen that at times, and we haven't seen it at times. But, you know, again, like I mentioned earlier, there's, there's been some games where uh, they've had to really fight it out or pull it out in the last uh, minutes against some other teams. Let's talk a little bit about the Cincinnati defense. You guys rank first in scoring defense total, uh, giving up an average of 21 points per game. Uh, gave up 34 last week to Kenny Gainwell and Brady White. What is the what is the key for this uh, Bearcat defense to make the big stops against the Tigers? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a you know, last year. I think I don't think there's any question. I would argue uh, that the strength of this defense was that defensive front. You, know, you had Marquise Copeland and Cortez Broughton were the two big names. Um, but this year, you know, it's it's a good. Uh, team up front and have good linebackers, but I, I would say by far the strength of that secondary. They, they've got some really, really impressive players back there, corner and safety. You know, the corners are really good, but even the safety, I think, have been impressive. But, um, you know, I, I think uh, um, Kobe Bryant is one of those that's been really good. Javon Hicks. Um, and then um, Ahmad Gardner has been the guy that's come up with two. I mean, probably, I mean, I, I don't know if you can say one was bigger than the other, but two pick sixes late that sealed two of those wins that we talked about where they had those key plays. So one was against UCF, the other one was against ECU. Um, you know, he's, I don't know if you could have bigger, bigger plays like that. So, um, kid's a true freshman. He's got to have a huge couple of years coming up. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that secondary has got to be the key. Um, between, like I said, uh, Amar, Amar, Gardner and uh, um, Kobe Bryant corner and Javon Hicks and Derek Forrest uh, in safety. So, um, very formidable group. 
in, in that. And uh, but to me again, I think a lot of key is going to be on uh, that upfront pass rush that will that can create opportunities for that secondary to really thrive. I've got two more questions for you. What are the what are the keys for the game here for Cincinnati? If you had to say, here are the three keys for the game for them to get a win, what would those three keys be for the Bearcats? Um, I think Michael Warren has to get going, first of all. Um, that just seems to be the biggest key. I mean, they you know, they had one game where uh, Jared Dokes came in for three touchdowns. Really, I would say out of nowhere. I don't know. Anybody saw that come? Um, he was uh, Michael Warren was hurt. There. Those came came in. Um, those was a good uh, back to kind of spell Warren a little bit. But Michael Warren is a guy like that. Just he is the guy on that offense. Really, the guy probably on the, on the team. Like he is the biggest key. They have to get him going. Just over 100 yards. I think they're in really really good shape. Um, and then you know they they have to be smart with the ball and not turn it over. Like I said, Ritter has had some. Um, up and down game that's been mostly up games, but he's had some really down games. So he has to just fall at the ball and not turn it over. Um, and then on defense, I think they, they've got to just limit um, what Brady White can do. And Brady White has shown he's um, a very, very good, smart um, quarterback. And I remember watching him in high school and, and thinking the same thing, how impressed, how impressed I was with him um, at the high school level. So to see uh, the way he's progressed, I think, has been also uh, quite impressive, too. But uh, I think they've had to limit what that what he and that offense can do. Um, you're not going to stop them. And I, I don't expect anywhere close to, you know, a shutout. Memphis is going to get their points. I mean, I expect this game to probably be in the 30s again. And we saw 34-24 last week. Um, I would say in the 30s. My guess is somewhere like 35 or 31 would be a final or something. But, um like I said, Memphis is going to get their points, but you got to get a stop here or there, at least kind of limit what Bruce White can do, and I think they'll be, the Cincinnati would be in good shape. Last thing for you, who wins the game to, uh, tomorrow? You know, these teams are so easily matched, and it is so difficult at any level to beat a team twice season, let alone back-to-back weeks, back-to-back games. Um, if this was in Cincinnati, I would say hands down Cincinnati would. I, I would not even hesitate to say since I would win at, at Liberty Stadium. The fact that it's being in the Liberty Bowl, I don't know. I can see it going the way. I can, I can totally see Cincinnati winning. I, can, I think because it's at Memphis, I would give them the advantage. Again, I'm thinking like 35, 34. I think we're going to see a very close nip-tuck game, probably similar to last week. Um, the difference probably maybe could be, again, how, what, which Desmond Ritter we see show up on Saturday. Jason, thank you so much. Tell them where they can follow you on Twitter. Find your work there, BearcatReport.com. Tell them, drop your social media there for us. Yeah, so my social media, my Twitter handle is JasonStamsaid, um, J-A-S-O-N-S-T-A-M-M-S-A-I-D. And then you can find us, obviously, uh, our Bearcat Report is just at Bearcat Report. So, um, yep, covering everything Cincinnati, uh, men's basketball, football, and Jason, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. I am joined now by former Memphis Tiger and defensive coordinator for Brighton High School, Coach Chris Jordan. Coach Jordan, how are you doing today? Oh, man. Blessed, man. Doing better than I deserve. How about you? I'm, I'm doing well. I, I'm so excited for tomorrow's game, and I know you are. Let's talk about this matchup with Cincinnati. This is going to be uh, the second week in a row we face the Bearcats. What is your quick takeaway for this game? Uh, 
you know, the cliche that it's so hard to, to beat a team, a good team, especially twice in the same season. Uh, I, I think that, uh, especially from a coaching perspective, that is tough. Uh, but I think we got, you know, from a matchup standpoint, I just think we got too much speed. And I think we left a lot of a lot of points on the board last week that I think, uh, you know, Coach Norvell will, will get cleaned up, uh, during, yeah, got cleaned up this week during practice. And, and honestly, man, I, I don't think it's going to be uh, as tight as it was last week. I just think we got too much speed. Our defensive line was lights out last week, and I think they're going to repeat the same thing. Uh, and, and I just think there's too many weapons. Coach, let's talk about the couple of those weapons right now. Kenny Gainwell, Patrick Taylor, our double-headed monster in the backfield, of course, led by Brady White on the offensive side. What are you seeing out of this offense that maybe we haven't seen all season? Nor, nor Coach Norvell alluded to that today, talking about the new mentality now that they have Patrick Taylor back. Talk about that offense and what you're hearing from uh, from the offensive standpoint. Uh, I just think it, it just brings a little bit more balance uh, to what uh, we had already been doing. I think with Patrick being back, uh, it, it allows uh, uh, the offense to, to move Kenny around into some different spots and get him the ball in different places than, than him just coming out of the backfield. And then you got somebody as talented and as strong and as big as Patrick will be an NFL guy, you know, uh, here. We'll be seeing him on Sundays. When you can hand the ball to him and, and, and like I said, you create, create mismatches and that sort of thing when you can move Kenny around, Gainwell around, along with all the weapons that, you know, Calvin Austin and Antonio Gibson and, you know, and the list goes on, you know. So I think that's what we'll see. Coach, you're a former Memphis Tiger football player, and, and before we get to the defensive side, did you ever think we'd be playing for a conference championship, not only playing for a conference championship, but also hosting and also with a win get to go down to the Cotton Bowl and play possibly Alabama, Florida, Wisconsin, uh, any of those big-name schools that you grew up or hearing about? Honestly, man, I, I literally was having this conversation with D'Angelo Williams last week uh, about kind of the foundation that we laid, uh, uh, and Coach West included, you know, uh, what we laid when we were playing there. And uh, we couldn't have imagined it to be this. I mean, we were imagining uh, all the hard work that we put in and there would be some success as a result. But uh, never, never did I think Memphis football would be uh, a nationally known you know, a household name uh, and the production that, that the guys that have left the program, like Anthony Miller and, and a bunch of other guys that they've had, the success they had at the next level, I think contributed to, to that as well. And so, uh, no, man, I, I didn't think that it would be this big. I knew we put in work, and I knew we'd see the fruits of our labor at some point, but but not on this scale. Uh, so, you know, I, my hat's off to Coach Norville and his staff and what he's done, man. And, and I'm proud, you know, as an alum and, and a hometown Memphis guy, man, you know, you talked about D'Angelo, and you know, I, I mentioned before we got on here, I grew up with watching you guys play. I grew up watching Danny Wimprine and Tommy West days. You know, what does this one moment mean to you tomorrow? Now I know if we get to the Cotton Bowl, that'll be even bigger and this and that. But as a former alum, what does this mean to you? Uh, man, it means everything, man. Uh, a, a lot of guys uh, before this moment. You know, have put in a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in the program, and and we're, we're tigers for life. You know, uh, our hearts in the program, and and it means everything when you can see uh, success. Period. You know, uh, and especially on, on this on this level at this magnitude, with an opportunity to win the conference championship. I mean, it's big, man. It means a lot. 
you know, uh, I'm, I'm excited for the guys. I'm excited for the, the, the school, for the program. Um, and it means everything, man. Coach, let's talk about the defensive side of the ball. This is your probably your favorite, uh, being a defensive guy. And also, your son, number 36, Ladarius Jordan, on the defensive side. Let's talk about the defensive unit before we get into talking about your son. Uh, man, uh, heads off to Coach Fuller, man. He's come in and, and, and done an outstanding job of, of turning the defense around. Uh, Coach Ball did a great job uh, previously before Coach Fuller. Uh, we were always ranked in, in turnovers uh, and creating turnovers when Coach Ball was here, but uh, now that Coach Fuller's come, man, we just we played a little bit more sound defensively, a little more fundamentally sound, and, and uh, the attitude and the aggression has been there, and, and we've still been creating turnovers, and, and it's fun to watch. You know, it's fun to watch uh, guys on that side of the ball make plays, and, and I believe that they, I know the offense gets a lot of credit, you know, uh, for, for, for why we've been successful, but their defense has, has been a uh, mainstay week in, week out, man, and it's, uh, it's been great to watch, you know, uh, I am. I'm a turn converted defensive guy. You know, I was a receiver uh, at the University of Memphis, uh, so it's twofold for me to see the offense explode and then to see the defense dominate. Coach, speaking of this defensive side of the ball, Tigers lost T.J. Carter. How do you expect them to fill that gap of losing T.J. Carter? Uh, man, you know, it's uh, T.J. is a tough guy to replace. Uh, he's a, I like to call him a pit bull. Um, you know, and they got a bunch of guys that can, can fill the role. You know, Jacoby Francis has been playing great. Um, they got a couple of other guys I know that, that can step in, Clay Brooks being one. And, and you know, hopefully, you know, the Darius will get, you know, get a shot to get in there and, and show what he can do. Uh, it's, a, it's a good core of defensive backs, you know, and, and, and I think just by committee is how you can, you know, you can replace TJ. They did a great job filling in last week, uh, you know, uh, making plays and, and, and play well enough to win the football game without them, you know. So, like I said, it's tough to replace them, you know, but, but I think, uh, you know, it's, it's good enough guys to, to, to fill the board. Coach, let's talk about your son now. I know this is your favorite topic to talk about, Ladarius Jordan. Coach, what have you been seeing out of him this season? Man, you know, it's my older child. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's surreal, man, to, to see him, you know, go through – um, this program, just as I have, man, to see him with the with the M on his helmet, man, and Memphis on his chest, it, it's a uh, man. It's a proud moment for me, man. And, and not only that, for him to finish, you know, he graduates next Sunday, uh, and, and I think I'm more proud. I know I'm more proud of that than I am anything else. But you know, this season he's shown a bunch of resilience, resilience, man. He, he hasn't played a whole lot, uh, but he is the heartbeat of the team. You know, he's the the motivator. He's the, the positive energy. You know, uh, uh, the players look to him, you know, for that, you know, for that reason right there. And I think he's been a, a big part of the success as well. And and uh, and I'm proud of him, man. Uh, I'm extremely proud of him, man. Whether he was a, a first-round draft guy or not, you know, or a, uh, a graduating college senior, which is what he's about to be, I, I'm, I'm just as proud, you know. So, uh, man, I'm, I'm, my, his brothers are proud of him. His, his, his sister's proud of him. You know, uh, we're, we're proud of him, man. Coach, talk of, has has he come to you at all and you guys had that moment of saying, hey, my pops played here, you know, however many years ago, and now I'm here competing for a conference championship and a Cotton Bowl bid. Have you guys had that talk here this week? Uh, you know, we did. Uh, he, he, he had a quote. I think they interviewed the seniors last week uh, for senior day, and he said, my pops played here. 
you know, uh, I just want to finish what he started. Uh, I, I didn't finish my senior year. I played all the way up through uh, up until my senior year, and, and I didn't complete it. Um, my my ex-wife and I had my young or my middle son, and that forced me to kind of hang it up. You know, I had to get a job and, and be a husband and a father, you know. And, um, and so we kind of talked about the fact that he's finishing. And not only is he finishing, you know, he's getting a chance to, to compete for a conference championship. You know, he's done everything to pass me, everything that I could have ever dreamed of, you know, uh, as a player, man. And, and it's unbelievable to watch, man. Uh, I'm just, like I said before, I'm just so proud of him, man. Coach, let's, uh, I'll wrap it up with this. What is your predictions for Saturday? And I know that no, you're going to say Tigers win, but give me your you, you know your your take on Saturday and your prediction for the game. I think if we can control or uh, win the turnover battle, which I think we will, uh, I think we left a lot of points on the board. I think we win by 21. Um, to be 100 percent honest, um, that's kind of my take on it. I, I think we got a chance if we're focused and we come out and. And, and play uh, with an edge offensively, you know, and defensively we create turnovers like we did. Um, I think we win by 21. Coach, I appreciate you. Tell them where they can follow you on Twitter, by the way. Uh, at CoachJordan83 is my Twitter handle. Coach, thank you so much, Matt. You have been listening to The Mitch Davis Show. I've been your host, Mitch Davis. Be sure to follow me on Twitter, Mitch Davis underscore 8. want to thank our two special guests, Mr. Jason Stamm of the BearcatReport.com and Coach Chris Jordan, former Memphis Tiger football player and defensive coordinator at Brighton High School. Also want to be sure to say a special thank you to our sponsors at S.Y. Wilson on the historic Arlington Depot Square for all your outdoors needs, all your collegiate needs, everything in between, your bait, your tackle. Head on over to S.Y. Wilson for all your Christmas shopping needs and be sure to tell them that Mitch Davis sent you. You've been listening to The Mitch Davis Show. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you like to listen to your podcast by simply typing in The Mitch Davis Show. We're on Facebook at The Mitch Davis Show. Also on Twitter, Mitch Davis underscore eight. Or you can shoot us an email at The Mitch Davis Show at AOL.com. Want to thank you all for tuning in to The Mitch Davis Show. Thank you so much. God bless and good luck tomorrow to both teams in the American Athletic championship game.